Our banks prove our system is an unsustainable fraud. Banks are a very important part of our economic system. Very important. It is hard to believe, but banks create and destroy money with their actions, and it is an important feature of the type of economic system that we have. Depositors, you know, anybody that's depositing money, etc., they put money in the bank for three purposes. Anybody who puts money in a bank, they put it for three purposes. Numero uno, they put it there for safekeeping, you know? It's a lot safer to put your money in a bank than to throw it under the mattress or put it elsewhere, right? So you, you, a bank has a vault. You expect it to be there. Many times your money, even if the bank is robbed, it's covered, etc., etc., etc. Not like the old wild, wild west days. Second, often as well, they want to make a small return for giving that bank the ability to make some money on their money. After all, the bank has bills to pay. So the bank has to make money on your money, and that is your reward for, um, for keeping the money in the bank. They, they, they do other things with it, etc. right? And third is for the services the bank provides. Banks provide great services. You need to send a wire transfer. You need to write a check. You need, well, checks no more, but you know, you now it's all electronic, but you need to do your electronic things with banks, etc. Those are important features. So we do need banks in a society where we trade indirectly with money, right? And I'm going to go into that a little further because a lot of people, you know, I have a few people that follow us here on, at, uh, on, on, at Politics Then Right, and they don't like the idea of money. They think we live in a monetary society, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we need money. We need money. And, and it, it's about how we run it. But anyway, continuing. When you put your money in a bank, it is not just locked into a vault. After all, the bank has employees, rent, and interest for depositors to pay. In other words, you put your money in the bank, you want a little bit of, a little bit of cash for that bank holding on to your money. And that bank has to pay the employees who service you. That bank has to pay the executives who run the bank. There's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. So the bank lends out your money to those who need loans who themselves would pay a reasonable interest to the bank, and that bank would redistribute that interest in the form of paying rent, paying for employees, paying those customers who need their, uh, you know, who have their money in the bank for that interest. So that's, that's the perfect and necessary purpose of banking, and that's why I love community banking. I love community banking, and I think that is a bank. Those are the types of banks that should always support, have support of we the people, the banking, the, 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 the federal government, etc. Okay? But, and this is the big, big but. If the bank cannot find enough borrowers, it would normally invest those dollars in, and hear what I'm saying, short-term government securities, so it would make some money on its excess cash to pay its bills and garner a fair profit. In other words, you can't have somebody's money into the bank who you promised to give a little bit of interest to and not have that money in your bank making some sort of income so that you can, again, pay your bills, etc. 
Welcome to Politics and Right, uh, uh, Bruce Pollard and Eric Hayes. So that is so important that we understand that. You know, there's nothing wrong with profits. There's nothing wrong with that bank doing what it needs to do to make that money, right? So it's fine. That is how a banking system in a sane society should work. A run on banks would be unlikely, but having a quasi-nationalized banking system where the government covers it would, in effect, make runs on banks unlikely. Let's give an example. Every time you deposit money into a bank, let's say, you dep let's say the bank has just 10 depositors. Each of them deposit $100,000 for a million dollars. That bank, by law, can, in, in the aggregate, they can loan out another, they can loan out of your million dollars that those 10 depositors have put into the bank. They can loan out $900,000. They have to keep a certain percentage. And mathematically speaking, the reason you have to do that is when you look at the mathematics of how the expansion of money occurs, you would get infinite expansion of money if you didn't have that thing called a demand deposit, the amount of money that the bank has that it can't loan out, right? But additionally, a 10% number usually is about the amount that you need to, you know, anybody who has deposits in the bank and are putting deposits and taking money out, putting it out, that ensures that they have enough money to carry on the regular functions of the bank, pay a bill, not pay a bill, that sort of a thing. And that's why they have that 10% hold or something on the bank. But other than that, the bank creates new money as soon as it lends money to somebody else. Because if you look at your ledger, you have, if you put $100,000 in the bank, you have a, you have a, your asset is $100,000. And if that person who borrowed from that bank $100,000, that also person has $100,000 in assets. So you've just inflated the money supply. That's what lending money does. All right. So in effect, we are, these banks are creating money and creating money, meaning they're creating economic activity. Okay. So I, I wanted to bring this up in, in this manner to, to, to let everybody understand that there is a purpose in banking. Uh, a bank charge, uh, takes your deposit, lends your money out. They make a profit from lending the money out and the interest they pay. They, they paid that profit to the investors and the, uh, to, the, to the people who have deposits in the bank. They've, they also use that interest rate to pay employees, etc. All these things is what they do with the money that comes into the bank. That's sane banking. This is a simplistic view, but I'm covering it a lot more as I speak, as I go further. The problem arises when banks take your money and do magical things with it. Not just invest in somebody who's building a house in which the house can be collateralized for that loan or using the effective great credit of somebody who's starting a business, etc. Some businesses that the banks fund will fail. Some investments that the banks make in the order of, you know, doing these things after they do their, their diligence, they will fail. But that is what the interest rates and charges this bank will use will pay for. But when I talk about men and the cookie jar, 
I'm talking about these guys simply taking all the money that you give them. And by the way, Glass-Steagall, back in the old days, separated the kind of banking that I just explained there from the banking called investment banking that allows folks to take your money and invest in all kinds of other financial elements and prognostications and, and, and all invest in just about anything. Oil fields that, you know, they, they, that's what they do now, right? And, you know, when, when, when they, they got rid of Glass-Steagall, it drew the line. It, it took the line away from being able to do all those things. When they uh, they tried to put much of it back in into the law a few years ago after the 2008 crash, that is what they did again. Into when Trump came into office and they really, re, re, um, they took all these things off of the ability for the banks to do that. With this explanation, what I'm hoping to do here is I want to make sure that you first get the baseline of what I'm talking about so that what you're hearing on the news as far as what has to be done to clean up the banking system and why many a times they want we, the people, to pay the price. Ultimately, this discussion is going to go from we should pay nothing for what's going on right now. And the economic system should pay nothing for what's going on right now. There is a very easy solution to what's going on right now. Every banker that puts their, 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 their bank in trouble, every part of the banking system going forward that's in trouble should be taken over and converted. And here, this is a magical thing and converted into a community-style bank backstopped by the federal government, what I call a quasi-nationalization. Because these guys that are hurting the, these different banks that you see falling into trouble, they're not falling into trouble because they followed the banking modal that I described of what a bank should do, your community bank that worked in the past, they are creating all kinds of financial instruments so that the select few who are taking your money as deposits, as your paycheck payrolls, all these things, and doing magical things with them that many a times they make a ton of money on, but when they fail, when they fail to make that ton of money we're talking about, then they come to us and says, Bail us out. Bail us out. Now, I know uh, Brother Biden, President Biden, is claiming that what he did for Silicon Valley Bank and the other currently failing banks is not a bailout because supposedly taxpayer dollars are not going into saving these banks. I beg to differ. Every one of those accounts inside of these banks, by the way, in the old system where they were guaranteed by something called the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, I think it's what it's called. They were all, they were all backstopped by every account for $250,000. Everybody knew that, including those venture capitalists who put their money into that bank in the order of millions of dollars as simple deposits. And why did they do that again? Let me just refresh your memory. Whereas Nation Bank of America and all of these big banks are only giving their people about 
one or 0.2% interest rates. Uh, Silicon uh, Valley Bank, to get a lot of money into their bank, we're paying 2% on people's money. So whereas Brother Biden would say, those people invested their, I mean, those people deposited money. They are not investors. They are not, the investors should lose all their money. The fact of the matter is, a lot of those Silicon Valley people had their money in that bank as an investment. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.